Hailed expert on journalism's dry rot, we would pay him space rates to summarize its failings in three double-spaced pages that we would run in our first edition, along with our exchange of correspondence. I said I didn't know another publication that would give him the time of day, and signed it, intestinally yours. His reply, Daddy-o, you mean the bronze plaque paragraph bugged you? I don't mind saying, friend Kennedy, that I enjoyed your letter. This is a weird bit of correspondence we have here, my man. But he said I was a tragic optimist, if I thought it was possible to handle the dry rot in three pages. And he assumed my offer was designed to develop a ceremonial mangling of a jabbering beatnik. Even so, he said he would give it a fling, which he did. Dear Hack, he wrote, enclosing with his letter a one-act play, a brutal, low-level sledgehammer drama, a farce, of course, but its theme is a big one. He also said my last letter had surprised him, and perhaps in the long run I shall owe you an apology for all this abuse. I rejected his play as warmed-over clichés with barnyard overtones, and wished him well with his book, noting he'd be better off away from journalism if he was serious about the novel— and suggesting he stop by for a drink if he was in the neighborhood. He responded with a page of revenge. Don't expect me to send you a package of platitudes to drape over the stinking carcass of your newspaper like an American flag over a coffin full of crap. He added, I imagine you're pretty decent in your own way, and I think it's a shame that you've hired yourself out as a mouthpiece for the International Rotary. Less than two months later, he had applied to Sportivo, a new bowling magazine in San Juan. I may have a chance of duping the editor into thinking I'm normal, he wrote his friend Bob Bone, a reporter on the Star, and he got the job. But pretending to be normal was folly. Sportivo's editor proved to be, in Hunter's words, a liar, cheat, passer of bad checks, welshing shyster, and otherwise foul, and the job merely led to new insolvency. But here was Hunter in San Juan, and before long he came to the star's sitting room. Fred Harmon, our business editor, greeted him. We don't have a candy machine, but there's a cigarette machine in the corner. A few of us went out for that promised drink, talked of bronze plaques and novels, and Hunter settled in for several months of life in Puerto Rico. He was kicked out of two houses, but eventually found one on a deserted beach, brought down his wife-to-be Sandy. I can barely support myself, much less a common-law wife, he wrote her, so I presume you'll bring at least a little money for food. Wrote some fiction, did freelance journalism, and we had a number of all-night conversations about writing and how and why you do it. By June, Hunter was abysmally broke, had been beaten by police and jailed for breach of the peace and resisting arrest, was reduced to drinking rainwater and being eaten by sand fleas, and, sensing also that he might have to spend a year in a Puerto Rican jail, he fled the Caribbean in a sailboat. He wrote me from Bermuda, Dear Editor, My name is H. S. Thompson, and I would like to work for the San Juan Star— I understand Puerto Rico is a wonderful place to live. My information comes from three fellows I met in an asylum in upstate New York. They were good fellows, and I could understand most of what they said.
This was an unlikely beginning to a friendship and correspondence of, so far, thirty-seven years' duration. But odd things occur when you intersect with Hunter Thompson. Life happens to him in ways alien to most mortals. In the exchange of letters cited above, fully rendered in the pages that follow, there lurks prophecy— of Hunter's future as a masterful American prose stylist and journalistic fictionist, and also the lifestyle that has served him so well, creating chaos to undercut his own most cherished schemes, courting self-destruction as the avenue to success, maintaining a symbiotic colloquy with comic despair, and coping with bronze plackery and other rejection through Avengers rhetoric e.g. from 1965 to a dilatory editor. I'm coming to New York on a chopped hog and shoot you in the gut.